0: Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd Adams. And this is Kathy. Um, this is Zen Parenting Radio, but not a normal Zen Parenting Radio. Can you explain why this is not normal, sweetie? So
1: Todd is sick. He's been sick for like three days, so we haven't been able to record a show. We had all these grand plans to do it early. Grand plans. And he got sick, so we blame we blame the virus, Yes. Um, whatever not, it may be. Yeah.
0: Um, so what are we doing instead? So
1: instead we're going to, because we are ahead on pop culturing, we're going to... Um, have our pop culturing episode air on Zen Parenting today. And um, it's a movie for all you Gen Xers that you probably already love. It's called Say Anything. Um, And uh, we just wanted to make sure that we didn't skip a week because we know that people depend on getting a podcast every Tuesday morning. Um, But for those of you that also subscribe to pop culturing, um, which comes out on Wednesdays, it will be the same podcast. Um, It's just our way of um, keeping up um but without making Todd do a podcast with the way he feels right now
0: so say anything is going to be on zen parenting radio and then say anything is going to be on pop culturing it's basically going to be the same thing but if you're not a subscriber how does my voice
1: sound it sounds bad
0: if you're not (laughs) (laughs) if you're not a subscriber it's time to subscribe to
1: pop culture I sound like Grover you just You're just sick. It's kind of like when I came on the show sick and pretended I wasn't.
0: Yeah, so if you like any... So we've done, what, seven or eight movies? Yeah. Something like that. And there's more to come, so make sure you subscribe to Pop Culturing, but this is our kind of crutch to get through this week.
1: And next week, we'll be back with regular Zen Parenting stuff. I actually already had an idea that we were going to do this week, and I'll save it for next week.
0: And I think I had some ideas, too. I
1: know. So we'll be back with regular scheduled programming next week. But for this week, we hope that you enjoy our Zen Parenting Radio slash pop culturing episode of Say Anything.
0: Lloyd Dobler. All right. All right. Bye.
1: Lloyd, man, no babe is worth it, dude. T- no, no. No. Listen, hang with us, man. We'll teach you Bibles
0: for the right. Lloyd, man, you can't even trust them, man. Because right, you know what's man. about? They spend your money and they tell their That's friends everything, everything, man. It's about economics. That's valid, they, man. Tell That's man. Valid. they tell them everything, That's man. Valid.
1: All you gotta do is find a girl mm-hmm. who looks just like do her. Do the that. right. and then dump her, man. Dump her. Get man. her off your money.
0: Right. Your only mistake is that you didn't dump her first. Right. Diane Cord is a show pony. You need a stallion, my friend. Walk with us and you walk tall. Walk tall. Here we go. My name's Todd Adams. Um, should we do the music? Let's do the music. Why yes. not? All right, here we go. My name's Todd.
1: This is Kathy.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culturing. This is, I don't know, podcast five, maybe something like that. It's episode it, five. It's about economics, it's about economics, <laughs> man. Um, so today we're featuring a little movie from 1989. Mm-hmm. Where were you in 1989? I was
1: my senior year, end oh, of my senior important year. important
0: year in the life of a young whippersnapper like yourself. <laughs> oh, boy. It's an uh, old person word. Whippersnapper? No. It, it, you know how sometimes um, phrases turn from cool to uncool back to cool? Yes. Whippersnapper's now cool.
1: Are you bringing it back?
0: I, I just brought it back. <laughs> Good. Um, we're doing Say Anything and it's a about a noble underachiever named Lay Dobler.
1: Is he an underachiever? That's
0: what it says, sweetie. He is
1: not he's noble, but he's not an underachiever.
0: And a beautiful valedictorian named Diane Court, they fall in love the summer before she goes off to college. They do. Yeah. Um but you know yeah. what
1: I would say is, you know, after watching it again um the other night, is that um they both totally didn't fit in.
0: He's they were both they're both outliers and they came together.
1: They they were and I the first time you see it or maybe when I saw it, I mean I've seen it so many times but you know when I watched it the first time when I was a senior in high school, you think Diane is not an outsider she has everything you know she's everybody knows who she is she's a valedictorian she's beautiful blah 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 but really nobody knows her
0: well because she's so smart and she probably all she did was study in high school and she didn't do any she didn't never like half the movies about um she didn't go to any parties i know and like even lloyd says like diane i'm sorry i can't let you go off to college and not go to a party (laughs)
1: right i must take you and you know her Best friend is her dad. Yes. Which upon this viewing that we just did, you and I, you realize how wrong- That is. That is. And when I say wrong, you know, and again, Todd, you and I are like parenting people. You know, we do Zen Parenting Radio. And it's not that it's wrong to be close to your child, but her father almost- Tries to and, and again not in not an in inappropriate way, yeah. you know, sexually, but he partners with her yeah. rather than allows her to be his daughter.
0: Well, we listened to the director's cut, co- yeah. uh, the commentary yeah. with uh, Cameron Crowe. It was his first directorial.
1: It was his uh, debut.
0: Debut. He's really nervous. It was funny to hear him talk. And then John Cusack, who plays Lloyd, mm-hmm. and Sky who plays Diane. Yeah, and they have hopefully. You, if you're listening, you like this movie and Mm -hmm. you'll remember certain scenes. And in the dinner scene where it's Lloyd at the end of the table and then there's like Diane, her dad, and a few family friends. Correct,
1: which is weird right there. Which
0: is kind of a weird thing. (laughs) And uh, Cameron Crowe even says it's weird because uh, Diane and her dad are almost like husband and
1: wife. Exactly. The relationship, now that I'm viewing them through the eyes of a parent mm-hmm. instead of a teenager because even you know watching this movie again in my 20s or my 30s I still feel like Diane and Lloyd right, right? but like watching it as now that I'm closer to John Mahoney's age right. oh my gosh it's so not okay. No. Like, there's so much- Would you call it enmeshment? Complete enmeshment. And not only that, I'm going to like dive right into this movie. One scene that is in the movie that nobody really talks about, and e- even in the um, the viewing that we just did where it was them talking over the movie, mm-hmm. you know, John and Ionia- The commentary. The commentary. They didn't really even comment on this scene, but okay, Diane's mom. Yeah. Do you remember the scene with Diane's mom when she's meeting the new boyfriend? Yeah. Diane's mom doesn't treat her very well. Like she, you can tell in that scene, in that five minute scene, you know why Diane chose her dad. Yeah. Because in her dad's eyes, she's very special. Mm -hmm. With her mom, her mom's like, fix your hair, blah, 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 be quiet. And when the new boyfriend comes up, she's like, hi, nice to meet you. You almost see like a meek, quieted, silenced Diane. Totally. And so you, in that moment, it gives you some information to why she chose her dad, but her dad, like you said, was obviously thrilled about that and wanted to give her everything, but he did not create a father-daughter relationship. He created a partnership.
0: He gave her two gifts upon graduation. One is a car. What right. was the other one?
1: The, and this was what even Ione Skye in the commentary said, oh my gosh, that's so weird. He gave her a ring. Now, my dad gave me a ring. I remember on Valentine's Day, like when I was a sophomore in high school.
0: Was it a? It was just
1: like a ruby ring, and he gave my sister one too, and my mom one too. Like it, it, it's not. I'm not saying giving your child a ring is inherently a bad thing, but in
0: this context,
1: there was something about it that even again watching it again, where you're like, it's like a. It's it's a huge ring, mm-hmm. by the way. It's a big deal, and giving it to her on top of the car, mm-hmm. like, cause he already gave her the car. Well, and
0: he even has a little story there. He's like, just she's, I'm not only your father, I'm your friend. Right. So the father is the father gift is the car. The friend gift is the ring.
1: Right. And even, like I said, Ioni Sky was like, oh boy, mm-hmm. that's like really uncomfortable. So it's just a very interesting movie now, our age, having children. Um, and I still get all the good feels because I love Lloyd. And I even love Diane. And I love Lloyd's friends. I love everything about this movie. But I think this perspective that I got this time, I was like, whoa, there is some really interesting undertones here.
0: So in the opening clip where the guys are giving Lloyd <laughs> advice, I, I always wonder like what is the to what degree are the is this lloyd are these guys lloyd's friends are they more acquaintances i think they're just like i don't think they're i don't know because lloyd's friends are the girls
1: correct i was gonna say the her. his best friends are what are their corey. names? corey and, and K, 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 DC. dc that's yeah. it and corey, corey and is
0: DC. played by lily taylor uh-huh and DC, I think, is like James Brooks' daughter. Or Amy something Brooks, like that. yeah, yeah.
1: And she was. They said Julia Roberts, um, like, auditioned yeah. for that role, which oh, is no so kidding. interesting. Yeah, um, which is interesting because Lily Taylor Played, and Julia Roberts were in Mystic Pizza together,
0: which is a movie I love. I love
1: Mystic Pizza. How many too. guys
0: love Mystic Pizza? That's where I think I'm a, a very non typical guy
1: cuz you love female mo- driven movies. I love female
0: driven movies and I always have even before I became a feminist and all that. Like I always like dug that stuff.
1: You, you know why? What? I really don't know but let me throw something out there. Sure. Because you used to watch Days of Our Lives with your grandma. Mm, interesting. And because you have a really strong mother. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and so I think you just could see the world through women's eyes Maybe really that's well. It. I don't know, and, and you're just a sensitive guy. Well,
0: and not only that, um, I, I, you know, even to this day, like I love Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and the whole Star Wars series, but the typical, um, you know, violent like Fast and Furious, like all these movies that it's all about crashes and special effects.
1: I'm even having a hard time getting you to Marvel movies.
0: Yeah. Well, and I feel like because I'm so far behind on the Marvel movies, you know, there's 22 of them and I've seen like four or five. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a, an investment. So anyways, um, so, and then the other actor I want to bring up was John Mahoney. Correct. He plays uh, James Court, Diane's dad. And then last but not least is Lauren Dean. Do you know who that is?
1: Lauren Dean. It's Joe. Oh, Joe.
0: <laughs> and I love Joe. And quick tidbit on Joe. Joe. <laughs> Joe Joe
1: tried out to be Lloyd.
0: Yes, he did. He tried out to be He's an accomplished pianist. Oh. Uh, he began playing piano at age 6 and he's worked with both of the De Chanel sisters, Emily and Bones and Zoe and Mumford.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: <laughs> so, what do you I, mean?
1: What do you mean he worked with Zoe and Mumford? He acted with them. Oh, in the movie Mumford. Is that a movie?
0: I don't know. There's Something called Bones and there's something called Mumford.
1: Well, I know Bones because that's on TV and that has the guy f- who was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I have no idea. Um, and his name's David Borian. I feel like people who love Buffy are yelling at me right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but I love Joe. And we, and we, upon reviewing this movie, um, in uh Corey's room. <laughs> There's all she's just talking about. What's the the irony of it is she the words she's saying is like I'm so over him, I don't like him, whatever. Mm-hmm. And behind there's like dozens of small to poster sized pictures of Joe in the background. So
1: when they're in Corey's room and they're talking, but also every example that she gives to Lloyd is about Joe, right? And so yeah, but like Todd said, you for those of you who love this movie you already know this because you can see over Corey's shoulder and you've watched the movie enough times but if you haven't seen it in a while just look for Joe Mm -hmm. because it's not only are there pictures of him but like his name is like sewn into this piece of cloth that hangs on her wall so he's everywhere and he lies
0: Um, a few other casting what ifs Uh, Christian Slater tried tried out for Lloyd Peter Berg is that the guy from is he a director Peter Berg I don't know Peter Berg I think you do do you want me to look him up yeah look him up um, and Robert Downey Jr. turned it down, and Kirk Cameron was also considered. Yikes.
1: I don't, um, think, I don't think it would be the uh The same? The can hit you imagine Kirk
0: Cameron playing Lloyd Dobler?
1: Um, no. Can you imagine
0: anybody? I mean, maybe you can picture Robert Downey Jr. doing it because he's an, an amazing actor, but it's probably when he was drinking, so he may have messed that role up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Even though he was doing plenty of movies, Less Than Zero came out when I was a that's senior. That's right. He was still
0: doing good work, even uh-huh. though he was...
1: He, he was, was an he was an addict. Yeah. I think he was struggling because less than zero was very um mm-hmm. true to what was going on in his life. So Peter Berg, he uh, directed uh, Friday Night Lights, yeah. Todd. Yeah, he's
0: like a really big he also directed the TV show Parenthood.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, Chicago Hope. So you're thinking about the guy who um Jason the guy who made Parenthood in Friday Night Lights. They're, he's the writer, but I don't think he's the director. Jason Kasem or something like that. I'm know. getting this I'm, so wrong.
0: I'm getting people confused. So, I know. So I have some questions for you.
1: Okay, but wait, I want to look this up.
0: Okay, you go ahead. I'll okay. wait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead.
0: Um, this is the biggest question of the movie, and I wanted to save it to the end, but I'm going to start out with it. Okay. What happened to Diane and Lloyd?
1: Okay, first of all, before I answer that, Jason Katims. He was the, he like created Friday Night Lights and he also did Parenthood and stuff, but Peter Berg directed some episodes. Okay, okay. so what happened to Diane and Lloyd? Did okay. they make it? Well, when, now you're going to find this interesting because it's going to be the opposite of what you think I'm going to say. You don't know what I'm going to think. Well, I, I think I do. I don't know what you're going to think, but I think you might challenge me on this. Okay. So when I was in high school, I did not think they would make it. I was just about to leave for college and all you hear, even though I ended up going to college with a hometown boyfriend, All you hear is, once you get to college, you're never going to, you know, it's never going to be the same. You're going to move on. It's going to be different. So I remember my lens was, I can't believe he's going. Mm -hmm. And where will he go when she's in school? And what's he going to do? He's going to go kickbox, sweetie. I know. It's a sport of the future. Mm -hmm. But I also think that now being the age I am and knowing what kind of people they are, it could have been interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, I I was very... um, I had a very limited view then. Yeah. I, so I think what I'm saying now sounds like the opposite of what an adult would say. Yes. Is You'd think as a kid, you'd be like, of course they're going to make it, yeah. you know,
0: at 18. So you're the opposite of I, what you think might be the I typical think it's response. it's
1: possible because they're not your average 18-year-old. What um, do you think? I
0: think that the romantic part of me would say, of course, Diane and Lloyd make it." made it, but uh, the you know, I call it realist, which is some might consider pessimist. There's just so many potential distractions. And they didn't really know each other that well. They know each other like a few months. It's not like they've been dating through high school. There's just such a, it's a, just a huge thing. But you know, the romantic part of me wants to say, of course, they went to England, and she was a teacher, and he was a kickboxer. And then once he retired from that, when he was 25 years old, he was a teacher of kickboxing and they made a bunch of babies and
1: they went off to the Do you the really sunset? think he went there to go do kickboxing? No, he I don't went think there that. to be with Diane. He did. But and what I, is he good at? Well, I think that's something he would have figured out in an interesting way. I don't like... That whole thing you read at the beginning about him being a noble underachiever, I don't look at Lloyd that way at all. Mm. Lloyd got through basically without any parent involvement. Yeah. Um, he was able to uplift his sister, help take care of his nephew, um, go to school, finish. Um, you know, he he had he had great friendships, he had a lot of self confidence, also a lot of um he, he was one of those kids who had enough confidence to try things, but he also wasn't quite sure about what life held for him. Like, I don't mean confidence, like he knew exactly what was gonna happen, right. um, but I thought he held his own. And so now, like if I met a kid like him, if I met an 18 year old like him now that I'm 47, I would be like, this is an interesting kid.
0: So when Lloyd uh, comes home from graduation, he talks to his sister played by his real sister, yeah. Joan Cusack, mm-hmm. and he's like, I called mom and dad from in, at England or in England, and it's like they were there. It's like they were there. Which is kind of funny. And this is also from the exact same scene
1: up and the neighbors still complain. That's how come I know. Good thing there's not a red line on
0: you, J-Man. Yeah! Yeah! He's back! Hey, my brother, can I buy a copy of your Hey Soul Classics? No, my brother, you have to go buy your own.
1: There you go. J-Man. I love J-Man. J-Man's the
0: best. Um, And then just for, so, I didn't know what they were talking about when they talked about the Hey Soul Classics.
1: It's a commercial, honey. Yeah. This is
0: a fan... Fantastic album, man. Let me borrow it. No, my brother. you got to buy your own. To order your copy of this classic collection, have your... Cut to the scene where you see the three pictures of the credit cards on top with yeah. the phone number. Yeah. I didn't know that. that I, I I had no idea that was a commercial.
1: Todd, those commercials, as you know, I didn't know the Hey So Classic ones by, by heart. But Freedom Rock, I had that whole commercial memorized. I knew what song was coming next. I knew those commercials were on all the time. Do you know what I'm talking about with Freedom Rock? I don't. And he's like, "We'll turn it up."
0: I don't remember that. You
1: you'll find it. And so, and it wasn't the only one. It was like I remember like um Christian albums that were for sale on TV. I knew all the songs. Um I that's kind of one of my favorite things to do is watch oh, Here it is. Sunshine go away today you should get Freedom Rock 2 four
0: records for three cassettes are only 19.95 two CDs only 24.95 here's how to order I don't remember that one
1: How do you not remember Freedom Rock it was on WGN all The time. No, I have no idea. Okay, so maybe that's just just Chicago, but you were in Chicago. What am I talking about? I
0: don't know what you're talking about.
1: Okay, so anyway, that was a very big part of our culture at the time was watching, and you know what? Still, Todd, the Mm. Time Life um, CDs that they sell on the infomercials. Yes, I like those. You and I can sit and watch those for a long period of time, and usually the people that they have selling the CDs, and by the way, who's buying CDs?
0: The old people.
1: I mean, seriously, like, do we even have a CD player in our car anymore?
0: I have no idea because we never use it.
1: That's what, so like they're selling these huge CD sets. Yet that you who can has get CDs off of
0: iTunes for, for you freight. can have a catalog of every song ever for nine ninety nine. And
1: it's like Kevin Cronin or whatever from Ario Speedwagon.
0: Sweetie, nobody knows who Kevin Cronin but is. But they know who REO Speedwagon is. They know who REO
1: is. So, but they, they're just, you know, they have a job.
0: Um, Okay, so why doesn't Lloyd wear the graduation hat at graduation?
1: Well, I know the answer to this question, Mm -hmm. but let me say from a viewer perspective, Lloyd shouldn't have worn the hat. Because? Because Lloyd doesn't need the hat. Mm -hmm. Like everybody else is kind of going along for the – Lloyd is like 10 years older than – all, and and when I say this, I don't mean like – he's 10 years older, literally, or that he was poorly cast. He has a
0: sense of maturity. You got it. Like at the kegger, at the party, Yeah, he doesn't he's even like really the drink. most responsible guy. Exactly. And I want to talk about that party scene because okay. I love it. But the last question I had was-
1: But the, but answer why he didn't wear the hat, the true answer.
0: Because John Cusack does not like graduation hats. <laughs> he
1: refused to he wear refused it. He refused to wear it. And the producer that day got really mad at him. Yes, but he said, I'm not wearing I it. Could,
0: I love John Cusack. He's from Evanston, Illinois. I, I do love his work. But I could see him as being considered somebody that's not easy to work with. Why do you say that? Because I think he's a very strong-minded, strong-willed actor.
1: And he's really good. And I
0: think a lot of directors are like, no, I'm the director. I tell you what to do. You don't tell me what to do. And... Through the commentary that we listened to with him and Cameron Crowe, it was a collaboration
1: definitely between these two. Well, just a few things about that before we move on, since you brought it up. So first of all, um John Cusack had just done The Sure Thing, mm-hmm. and, and I loved The Sure Thing. Maybe someday we'll do that. Yeah. Do you think we'll do that on the show? So great movie, and he was already a freshman in college in that in that movie yeah so, so when Cameron Crowe was writing this movie he was like I want to ask John Cusack but he's already done the freshman year of college exactly thing, it's hard to
0: go back in time
1: and the trajectory is already and John Cusack had already said I don't know if they knew each other but he had already kind of made it known that yeah. he was ready to play older characters yeah so he really uh, like Cameron Crowe really had to convince him to do this movie and part of the way he did that is John Cusack's like well I love him but I also want uh, Lloyd Dobler to like the clash yeah. and I want him to listen to you know know you know read this kind of book and watch this kind of show and Cameron Crowe's like whatever yeah whatever let's just get this let's get this done
0: um and my last question then I don't know if you had any is did you see that Diane's dad was bad before we were supposed to know in viewing the movie like,
1: uh did I see that he was because they bad. did drop
0: these subtle hints that you can see like when the two FBI agents come to uh the door at dinner that's and- a pretty big hint well, I know, but his reaction, his facial reaction by John Mahoney is very subtle, but you see this moment of, oh my God, I'm in a lot of trouble. Correct. And then he recovers like within an instant. Correct. So, but yeah, when the FBI agents, that's but did you see anything before that or did you just kind of go along? No,
1: no, no. Yeah. I, and and actually, I will be honest and say that the first time I saw the movie when I was 18, I thought that whole story was a distraction. Mm-hmm. Again, oh, now yeah. that I'm older, I think that that's really interesting and it plays really well into kind of, you know, Say Anything is a romantic movie with darker themes. Yeah. Like, it not everything is beautiful and perfect, and but when you're 18, you're like, oh, I just want their love story. I'm like, who cares about the dad? You
0: could have made this movie. I, the party scene is pretty long, maybe yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, and you could have made the whole movie the party scene because it's so hilarious.
1: It's the best thing. It's in the, the world. best party
0: scene I've ever like. I think of 16 candles or American Pie as pretty realistic party scenes, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this one was any more realistic than the other ones. But this was the funniest.
1: See, and interesting, because 16 Candles, I think, was over the top. Overdid it. Like, I, again, I was a sophomore or yeah, junior in high they, school. He overdid it. And I was like, yeah, I get the party part, and everybody's like, you know, the house is full. But the whole thing of, like, ruining the record player and being trapped under a table. I just think
0: of the pizza on, totally. on the fo- <laughs> phonograph.
1: <laughs> totally. Is it called
0: a phonograph?
1: Yeah, or uh, just a record player. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's call it a phonograph.
1: <laughs> Ew, that's so old. I know. We're, you've said that's whippersnapper my... and phonograph. My great grandma is somehow in this room. And we talked about days of our lives also that you watched with her. Um, So, yes, like this party, especially the way people are at this party, like I sometimes think when um, uh, we'll use 16 candles again. Yeah, we'll use 16 Candles again. Remember our scene that we love with Jamie Gertz, where she's like, I don't do that. Yes,
0: you do. Uh, I
1: know. Um, That scene, everybody's so loaded. And yes, we've been in that shape before and I've been to parties like that. But most of the time people are kind of like, Having normal conversations. They mm. may be buzzed and drinking, but it's not such a, um, it's not so crazy chaotic. Right. So I think this scene is a little more what a party is really like.
0: Um, so one quick parenting moment, which uh-huh. I always thought was interesting, and we've I've even talked about it on our Zen Parenting podcast, but this is when Diane... Uh, is calling her dad in the middle of the party just to check in. Yes. So this is what happens.
1: But uh, you're welcome.
0: I always call you, you know that. Alright, um stop being so grateful. Alright, I'll I'll be home before dawn, okay? Bye. Um, uh, would you guys sign my animal? Sure. Would you sign mine? Yeah. Do you really have to call your dad? God, how a nightmare. I promise. Is he going to wait up? Tell him nothing. Nothing. I make sure I enter the house crying. Leave me alone. I loved in your speech when you said you were scared. She
1: enters the house crying. <laughs> enter the, and whose sister is that?
0: Um, Do you remember
1: whose sister that is? So that actress, she's got like a short blonde bob. That's David Lee Roth's sister. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Um. So a few things in that scene. I don't know if you heard it, Todd, but when she's talking to her dad Mm -hmm. and she's like, I'll be home before dawn. And the girl in the background goes, before dawn? I know. Like, they're like, how are you telling your dad this?
0: But isn't that a weird... thing like they're seniors now i know she's about to go off to college but that's a an extended curfew
1: i absolutely thought that was crazy but again that plays into their relationship yeah like she's not like i'm she's not being she's making the phone call yeah you know and the other girls are like i would never make that phone call and first of all and not first of all like third of all in that scene the phone she's using is a lip phone which is a high heel Oh, that, but, oh, it's a high heel. That's yes. right. That's right. Do you remember in the 80s, all the phones were either, well, there was obviously the NFL football <laughs> phone, but then girls' headphones that were either the lips or the, the yeah. um, shoes. It's a red high heel. It's just a perfect, there's just little things in here that are perfect. So there's
0: so many little nuggets of gold in this oh, party scene. <laughs> this is a total nugget of gold. Oh, here we go. Maybe I should turn it up.
1: Ashley, no I hey, and yeah. hey, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? I'll be in the kitchen jail.
0: So then Lloyd talks to Joe. Joe's hilarious in that scene. He's so proud of somebody writing songs about he's him. He's a little
1: Spicoli-ish in that scene. Like he's just, first of all, he's with his girlfriend, who you know. again, another name drop here, but that's China Phillips, who he's with. That's right. Um, from Wilson Phillips, if you know that. But that's his girlfriend. And he's like not even really with her, mm-hmm. but he's with her. And he's staring at Corey the whole time while she's singing these songs. Because how many songs has she written about Joe?
0: Sixty-five.
1: And they're all about heartbreak and loss. And Joe's um,
0: like, dude, why do you think I keep them? They're going to be valuable someday. Keep her tapes. i are going to keep her tapes. Um, Yeah, that's good. So I just want to just tear through my favorite moments of the party scene. Okay, go ahead. Jeremy on. Piven is absolutely hilarious. It's one of
1: my favorite. Av- we still say, you must chill.
0: You must chill. Um, Joe lies when he cries, yes. which is one of the songs. When he's talking to Babe Newworth, and he's like, I know, he's like, I don't know, but I know that I don't know.
1: Well, let's talk about that scene for a second. Okay. Why is the social worker from the school coming to the party?
0: That's one of my issues with this movie. I,
1: I again, the first time I saw it, I thought to myself, okay. First of all, I don't even—I'm not even quite sure who the counselors are at my school, and why would they come to a party? And that would be so illegal, mm-hmm. and that you know, there's alcohol here, and she's like really attractive. Yeah. So like that was weird too, like right. that you would have a teacher that that that's that attractive.
0: Um, when. Uh, that one random guy at the party walks by Dan Court and just says, Lloyd Dobler, all, all right. right. Like we that, say that that's all the, the time. whole thing. I would love to be the actor. He said, who, what did you do? He's like, I was the Lloyd Dobler, all right guy.
1: And he's in in another scene after that. Like, if you look for him, you find him oh, everywhere. Really? Oh, yeah, he's in the party, totally. He's like sitting, so when Corey, okay. So in that scene where he does Lloyd Dobler, all right, and then he kind of rolls the mm-hmm. other way, which is Cameron Crowe's favorite scene, too. Yeah. Did you hear him say that? Mm-hmm. And he goes, the best part's coming up. So, and he rolls the other way. And then you cut to the next scene, and Corey's singing another song, and he's sitting right in front of her. Okay. Yeah. So he's a regular.
0: Um, Barbara Streisand's son is in this movie. Correct. What's his name?
1: Um, his name is Jason Gould, okay. I believe. And what is great, you know what other movie he was in, right?
0: He was in Prince of Tides.
1: Correct. He was in Prince of Tides. And in Prince of Tides, he's actually, um, you know, a little more attractive because in Say Anything, he is made to be the kid. What did they say? He, um, I want to make sure his name is Jason Gould. It is Jason Gould. Um so for those of you who don't know, Barbara Streisand used to be married to Elliot Gould, and then they had Elliot Jason Gould, Gould Monica's dad? Correct. Oh wow. Yeah, so that's his dad. Oh wow. Yeah, so um they said so in the movie and say anything, he's got what you would call simply red hair. Yeah. Do you know what that means? No. So the song, one of the uh, bands that was popular at the time was Simply Red. They sang the song Holding Back the Years. Do you remember that song? No,
0: no neither does anybody else. Yes.
1: Oh my gosh, Chad, they do. Anybody who knows the 80s knows Simply Red. And the lead singer of Simply Red had this like kind of shaved cut and it was like curly red hair and it like swooped over to the side. So Jason Gould has that haircut.
0: Got it. And my favorite scene with Jason Gould in this movie is when he's looking in the mirror while drunk. And he goes, haven't we all done that?
1: It's <laughs> like- Oh my god!
0: Yeah, he's like panicking. He's in the bathroom by himself, and I think there's two different mirrors on two separate walls.
1: He keeps looking, and he keeps like
0: looking at each one. He's like, "Oh my god!" Oh my god! And then you don't see him for a while, and then they cut to him praying to the porcelain god.
1: Look at this gentleman here. Look
0: at this gentleman here. Um, So. Um, they give me the, my firebird keys. That's Jeremy Piven. Give me
1: my firebird
0: keys. <laughs> um, that's my house. I live there.
1: Well, that's Jason Gold that's again. back to So actually, before you move on, yeah. because there's – let's take these apart. Okay. So that's a great scene because, first of all, I think that's a great character development for both um, Diane and Lloyd, mm-hmm. that they would – because basically what happens is Lloyd is the key master. It's his job to make sure everybody get their gets their keys at the end of the night and gets home safe. And when they dump the bag, which what's the guy's Eric Stoltz is the chicken guy. Mm-hmm. Eric Stoltz is there with him and they dump the bag and there's one set of keys left. And so they have to go look in the back bathroom and they find Jason Gould on the toilet. Um, he has been throwing up and so they he can't drive still so they drive him home but he doesn't know where he lives yes
0: that's awesome
1: he's forgotten where he lives this is
0: before we had Google Maps and Waze
1: and when they get when they're driving down a street and that's a great scene because first of all that they would drive him home Mm -hmm. so it demonstrates what great people they are
0: responsible
1: but they also get the opportunity to drive through the night listening to great music yeah and isn't that like the most romantic thing ever and
0: they have the same musical taste yes because you know that. So anyway, I got to play a little bit of this.
1: Okay. Joe When he cries. When he cries. Now, do you hear the girls laughing in yes, the background?
0: Yes. <laughs> David Lee Ross sister is laughing. <laughs>
1: um
0: so the cut to the scene where Joe So where she's going into the fridge in some separate room from the party looking for a beer or a Coke or something like that. So Corey
1: goes into the, like the garage getting a pop. And
0: Joe shows up and he's like, I'm going to, he says something stupid. Like I'm going to break up with her before she breaks up with me. And then he hugs her and she's totally into it. And then he's like, have sex with me. And then she pushes away. So does she love Joe or not? Of
1: course she loves Joe.
0: So why didn't she want to have sex with him?
1: Because well, first of all, she knows she knows Joe's story, but they love, love, love the drama. Yeah. So Todd Todd went to an all-boys school, so he didn't quite have the experience of like <laughs> having girls around all the time. Yeah. But you would sometimes date someone on and off get together, not get together, be with them at one party, not at the next one, not because you necessarily were in love with this person, but because you loved the drama. Mm-hmm. It was just, these were the people available to you, yeah. and this is the experience that you had. So she wants to write songs about him. She wants him to care about her. But no, she's she also, Corey, um, and this is kind of a serious note, they comment the fact that she tried to commit suicide. Over Joe. Do you remember that? Yeah.
0: Oh, I think I do remember that.
1: Remember? So that's kind of a darker tone, but she knows she can't have sex with Joe. She can write songs about him, but she can't do that.
0: Right. Um, I just got to play this one more scene.
1: (laughs) Well, Silas? (laughs) Okay. Hey, Core. So I'm single now, everything's changed. I hate it.
0: You must chill. You must chill. I have hidden your keys. Chill. I love you, man. All right, I love you too. Go to sleep. We're full on (laughs) buds. All right. (laughs) We're full on buds. See, I thought he said, what for, I'm buying. Like, he's no. going to buy the next thing. Like, we're, we're full on buds. We're
1: full on buds.
0: <laughs> and they're true they're high true school buddies. They're true best friends, yeah. Yes.
1: So that's another thing is that um, when John Cusack decided to be in this movie, they did have a few scenes where there was going to be, like the first scene you played at the beginning of this podcast and, you know, at the party. And John Cusack's like, why don't I bring in my real friends mm-hmm. for this instead of us having to go search – And I guess the studio wouldn't pay for them to fly the guys in from Chicago, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, they are – those are his friends.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So my favorite scene in the movie is the party scene because it's so long and it's so funny. But my other two nominees is the dinner party where Lloyd does his talking thing.
1: Sold and processed.
0: What are you going to do now? Yeah, Lloyd. What are your plans for the future? Spend as much time possible with Diane before uh, she leaves. Seriously, Lloyd. I'm totally and completely serious. Not really. You mean my career? Um, I don't know. I've 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 thought about this quite a bit, sir, and I I would have to say, considering what's waiting out there for me, I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed, or buy anything sold or processed, or... Process anything sold, bought, or processed, or repair anything sold, bought, or processed. You know, as a career. I don't want to do that. So uh, my father's in the Army. He wants me to join, but I can't work for that corporation. You can't work for that corporation, sweetie.
1: <laughs> I can't work for that. So first of all, I don't know if this is something you and I heard a mm-hmm. long time ago or if this is just coming to me now. Did you, wa- did you see the movie The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman?
0: Uh, no.
1: Okay, so a big part of the movie The Graduate is Dustin Hoffman is also, you know, graduating and needs to find a job. And the big thing, the, the quote from the movie is plastics. Yeah. You got to get into plastics. And I kind of feel like this commentary right here is I'm not getting into plastics. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I like sold-bought process, like this whole idea that we're just going to go into this line Normal, of work. Exactly.
0: You know, because that's a thing like even that scene with Babe Newworth where she's like listen everybody in this party has chosen something what they're going to do. do except for Lloyd
1: and, but then he says But do they really know What they want to do
0: Right That's what I mean But he's Bl- 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 Lloyd's the only outlier Where he's like You know what Because I don't know I'm not gonna put something Down on the piece of paper But
1: I know that I don't know You know You know That's a great That's a great line And that's what I think all 18 year olds feel We don't know what we want to do And by the way Can you explain who she is Babe, babe Newworth so- She's
0: uh, Lilith from Cheers Correct Just so
1: everybody can get A picture of her In their mind
0: um, And then there's that funny scene My other funny part Of that dinner scene Is when he's Introducing himself to Mr. Court for the first time. So that was my second nominee. And then the last nominee for... Doesn't he
1: do that on their first date? He doesn't uh, do that at the dinner scene. You're right.
0: That's that's before the first date. And then my last best scene is the gas and sip, which I absolutely love. Dude, where'd she dump you, man? Your car. Uh, Your car? Man, dissed in the mouth it's your castle, man. Man, you never had a chance with a girl like that. Hey man, I was in love once, man. I got hurt really bad. I never want to go through that again.
1: Man, you're bringing me down. Well, shut Break, up, man. We're going to come a on.
0: kegger, Lloyd. We're going to a kegger, and we'd like you to come, man. We're going to find you a girl. We're going to find you a babe, man. We're going to find you one hot-lit babe. Instantly, promise. That's right, man. No. That's right, no. right man. One hot-lit babe. Right. Instantly, man. Look, I'm, right. to you I'm not going to be somebody like Diane Court. He's not going to meet somebody like Diane Cord at a keg.
1: He's not. And they're they're not either. So,
0: sweetie, what's your favorite scene? I go, I gave you my three. Well, which of those three do you like the most? Oh I'm like,
1: well, I'm not gonna go with your scenes. Can I go with my own scenes? Sure. I kinda I agree with you in the party scene. Like mm-hmm. that whole thing, like um, you know, that's a fun place to kind of like start watching the movie if it's on TV, sure. that whole scene. Um, I actually like some of the more quiet, calm scenes. Mm-hmm. I like the um, I like the opening scene. I actually, I wrote that down right when we watched it again, where they're basically, um, DC and Corey are trying to talk him out of asking out Diane Court, yeah. and he's like, I wanna get her. Yeah, that's, that's like great. A, that's a great, it's a great thing great
0: to say. a great 17-year-old thing to say.
1: Because when you're 17, you're willing. You're like, they're like, you're going to get hurt, you know, don't bother. Or why would you want to be with a girl like that? And he's like, I want to get hurt. I want to give it a try. And all of his scenes with those two are really lovely. Mm-hmm. Like after the first time he and Diane have sex and he decides to write her a letter and then he has Corey and DC read the letter and they're so moved and they're like, I've never gotten a letter like that. Like those are just great scenes.
0: So is Lloyd Dobler kind of a, um, to a 17 year old girl? like a perfect boyfriend.
1: He's, uh, is, okay, is this a word, anomaly? Is that a yeah, word? Yeah, And I think, um, what I mean is that I don't know anybody who's <laughs> like, like, like the character that he is. I've never, I never met anybody at 17 who was like that. But it's very, I think for them, it's very interesting to see someone that they consider a friend, that they trust, that's cool, that's into good music, that is, you know, um and is also just a really lovely sensitive person. He's a
0: sweetheart and he doesn't fit in as the typical guy. Right. He t- he tells Mr. Court that he rarely drinks because he's an athlete. Like right. it's just the honesty in this movie. Like, I just remember being, trying to be as covert as possible. Of course. With parents and teachers and, you know, Babe Newworth, who's a social worker's gift, dropping her keys into into his the key master bag. I know. And that's why, that's why this movie is different. You know, it's just not typical. Right. This movie is an anomaly.
1: Right. And same with Diane. Like, one of the scenes that I wanted to talk about is when he picks her up for the party. And again, I remember thinking this when I was young, too, is she... So he picks her up at the high school party. You basically, you know, you get ready, but you don't get super dressed up. And she is wearing like a wedding dress Mm -hmm. almost. And she's got like a wrap and she's got a flower in her hair. And it's so not, it's just the indicator that she doesn't know how to do this. And everybody else is dressed normally. Yeah, just like you did in high school in the 80s, you know. So that is a great scene to me too, because again, now... I look at movies through the lens of how are they developing these characters? Yeah. And there's just these very little things. I love Lloyd's trench coat. I think yeah. it's like a perfect look for him before trench coats became not a great thing. Right. I think after Columbine trench coats ended up with not, yeah. you know, not being positive. Um I like the I like you know, as somebody who likes to look at things through a positive lens or in and, and not a fake positive lens because I think Lloyd is a really good example. What did they say in, what did Cameron Crowe say? That optimism was a way of life or, oh, this was it. That Lloyd's whole outlook was that optimism was a revolutionary act. Mm. Okay, so let me explain what they kind of meant by that is Lloyd had had a difficult life. His parents hadn't been around. One thing that John Cusack said is the way he got ready to play Lloyd is he would he put this little scar on his eyebrow that you can really only see if in you're kind of watching yeah. in a few scenes, if it's close up. Yeah. And he did that. Like, he put that on. And he said, once I put that scar on and put my T-shirt on or whatever, I felt ready as Lloyd. But what the scar represented is he had had rocks thrown at him. Mm. Like, this is a kid who did not have it easy. Yeah. And And he had probably been beat up. Obviously, his parents weren't around. And he had to develop in his own way. So the fact that Lloyd chose to be optimistic in the midst of his pain is a revolutionary act. Love it. Do you see what I mean?
0: I do. And I didn't even think about that. But yeah, like his parents aren't around. He lives with his sister. Well,
1: that scene with Joan Cusack. So Joan Cusack, his sister, uh, her, her name's Constance in the movie. Constance is like pissed because T.I.M. left. Yeah. Okay. So her, his, you know, her either husband or boyfriend left. She's raising this son by herself. She's mad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at one point when uh, Lloyd's having such a good time with his nephew and they're, you know, doing the Hey Soul Classics thing and stuff, she's like, Oh my gosh, like, can't you, I can't remember what she says, something about, can you be his uncle rather than his playmate? And he's like, Can't you choose to be in a good mood? Yeah. And he's and he kinda he tells her, You used to be really funny. Yeah. You know, you were fun. And
0: I yeah, deranged. Deranged. I, I mean that as a compliment. And
1: she's like, I used to be funny.
0: I know. so what happens when you make babies. You it get it grows you up real quick. It
1: grows you up and it pissed her off. And she got pissed and went one way. Yeah. And Lloyd got pissed and went another way. Yeah. And so And they even say there's a scene that is deleted out of the movie, it didn't make the final cut, but that even Constance, because of their love story, has a bit of a turnaround. Mm. That she watched what Lloyd did and has a bit of a turnaround. Mm, So they obviously decided not to make that a big part of it. But, you know, optimism is a revolutionary act, and sometimes the people that we admire the most are the ones that have very good reason to not be optimistic.
0: Um, is that quote in the movie optimi- optimism is a rebel Newton? no I don't
1: okay. think so this is was Cameron Crowe's kind of overarching theme for for Lloyd Dobler. Yeah.
0: And then there's a quote like a a dare to be great situation. Uh, Yeah. They say like this will never work. And he's like you just described every dare to be great situation.
1: Yes. And then one more thing about him is something that Corey says to him or DC is that the world is full of guys. Be a man. Mm -hmm. Don't be a guy.
0: Well, you're you're going through the best deep quote. Oh, okay, Sorry. sorry, No, that's OK. So no, yours were good. Um, we are, you already said, I want to get hurt. That's kind of a cool, not deep, but interesting.
1: And that's how the movie like kicks off. Mm-hmm. I want to get hurt.
0: Um, I gave her my heart. She gave me a pen. Yeah, it's a great Everybody one. Everybody remembers that one. Uh, the The good mood quote that you just said. And then that's all I had. And then my best non deep quote is Ricky, don't lose that number.
1: Ricky, don't. So, do you think he like sang that on his own, or that was part of the?
0: I have no idea. But it's when Mr. Court is so excited that Diane got the fellowship, and in the car she he just starts singing that in the car, and Ricky he's
1: don't he's lose. off
0: pitch. Let's just say you that. think
1: he gets really excited. It's a little bit like uh, Jerry Maguire mm-hmm. um, when Tom Cruise starts exactly. to sing Free Fall, also a
0: Cameron Crowe movie.
1: Absolutely, you think it's like yeah, kind of a concept a for him.
0: So here are a few of my issues from the movie. And some we've already, and I Do lo- I
1: get to do any quotes? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, so we already did, that's my house, I live there. Because Todd and I say that all the time in real life. Yeah. So that's what Jason Gould says. That's my house, I live there. Um, then when Kate, uh, Corey says to Lloyd, at the, I think it's toward the end. I can't remember what scene where she says, Lloyd, no, I think it's at the party. Lloyd, I'm a good person. But you're a great person. Mm-hmm. That's like a really, really kind thing to say. That's Lily Taylor's character. Who Lily says that. Taylor says that. I'm a I'm a really good per I'm a good person, but you're a great person. Well, there's
0: so many good actors in this movie. I know. And um but th- watching the commentary, they both had this they all three of them had this high regard for Lily Taylor, as if she was the best of the bunch.
1: Yeah, well, they just kept saying, she's so cool. She's so cool. Yeah, she's she just... is a great actress. She was in a lot of good movies. I think she's kind of a staple of the 80s. And her character in this movie is just really great. Yeah. And to be able to do Corey well, mm-hmm. to stay cool, but to be so hurt. And you never
0: even think about, oh, I, I wonder if Corey and Lloyd would ever want to get together. Yeah, they're you just don't, best You don't friends. even think about
1: it. That's right. You don't, it, it's not a concern. Yeah. Um, so let's see, Lloyd, Lloyd, all null and void. Let's see, what else is in here? Um, I think that's it for mine because you did most of them, but one of the quotes that I wanna share that is just kind of a, um, it's not in the movie, but it's something Cameron Crowe said. Actually, it's something John Cusack said. So as you guys could imagine, For the next 10 or 20 years, maybe even still, people ask him, are you like Lloyd Dobler? Mm -hmm. They asked John Cusack that. And what he said one time, I think it was when Cameron Crowe was around, he said, on my best days, Mm. I'm Lloyd Dobler. And so Cameron Crowe heard him say that. And Cameron Crowe also wrote Almost Famous. Mm -hmm. And so there's a scene in Almost Famous where uh, Billy Crudup's character, what's his name? Uh, our favorite oh
0: Russell, uh, Russell Russell Hammond yes thank you
1: so Billy Crudup plays Russell Hammond in Almost Famous and there's a scene where someone comes up to Russell when he's walking through the hotel and says are you Russell Hammond and he says on my best days I'm Russell Hammond and Cameron Crowe got that from John Cusack
0: I love it I know isn't that cool that is cool um, so here are a few of my issues with the movie. Okay, let's hear and it. Obviously, I love this movie, but I need to be honest. And some of them we've already talked about. Why wasn't Diane's dad mad when she got home in the AM after the party? I now realize it's because she called him. She called him and and their peers.
1: Exactly. And and he he had his like bathrobe on. Right.
0: <laughs> and then she's like, Oh, I'm just gonna go to bed. And he's like, Okay, like, I don't know. You picture any other parent, teenager exchange after being out literally all night Mm -hmm. and he's just so fine with it
1: actually todd your question to me before about when did we know john mahoney wasn't a good guy that's a scene because in that scene before she goes up the stairs she says she feels like she kind of didn't do well at the end of the date Mm -hmm. and then they they like flash to lloyd in the street like you know bowing like he's so excited about the date and her dad says, well, I don't think you have anything to worry about, basically. And then she goes up the stairs, and it cuts to John Mahoney watching Lloyd, and his face is not happy. Oh,
0: really? Yeah, okay. he so gets, he's mad. That's a moment
1: of, of... like he's he doesn't want them together. Well, and
0: he doesn't want to compete for his daughter's attention. Exactly. Yeah. Um, second question... The fact that Diane chose her dad, not her mom, I now realize Mm -hmm. after hearing you talk about the scene with her mom. She
1: wasn't special with her mom. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I didn't buy that she would have been convinced to break up with Lloyd.
1: Well, I think you would buy it more than you believe. Think about your childhood mm-hmm. and your connection to one of your parents yeah,
0: influence yes, yes. and
1: i'm just thinking i'm thinking about you personally i know i know I okay know. and that somebody could say to you basically i this isn't a good idea i need you to be with me right and even if it's not said that bluntly yeah you know what they're trying to say
0: yeah yeah i guess maybe it's the romantic version of me would be like you know she loves because she loved lloyd like she loved lloyd i
1: know and, and she knew the beautiful part is she knew that he knew how to love her.
0: Well that break that breakup scene is very powerful. Yeah.
1: It's very sad. They're both
0: struggling, they're both in pain. Like that was pretty realistic too. And like it she was. like turns her back to him to give him the pen and oh it's just so so heart-wrenching. Um okay. I didn't buy everybody giving up their car keys at the party.
1: You know what, Todd? That was a new thing, okay? Because in the 80s... I have never
0: done... No, I never
1: drove drunk, but... But that's a thing that this generation does all the time. Like every... Okay, so we have a, a daughter in high school and a daughter who's going into high school. And so a lot of my friends and even my sister and you know other people I know who have kids in high school. We just talked about this with our friends the other night. Driving drunk is not a thing.
0: I agree. I agree that the new this generation does not drive drunk. What the part that I am challenged by is the fact that everybody would give up their keys. Like, no, dude, I got I'm not I'm the designated driver tonight, so I'm not turning over my keys. I just don't believe that Everybody in that party or most people in that party would give up their keys. I just they don't... loved
1: Lloyd. They trusted Lloyd. And I will also say that that really was a new thing in the 80s, that when that movie came out, that was kind of, a you know, how do I want to say this? That wasn't typical. And right. I think people were like, that's a great idea.
0: Right. And the most iconi- iconic moment of the movie is obviously with a song that you might recognize here.
1: Oh my
0: How many people hear this muse this song and don't think about say anything?
1: People who haven't seen say anything, right? But it- unfortunately, there's something going on with Peter Gabriel's songs where they must be cheaper or they must not have been, whoever owns them likes to sell them, mm. because I swear they use Salisbury Hill for every movie trailer. Interesting. And so you, that tells you it's cheap, and In Your Eyes is used a lot too. So yeah. there's something about Peter Gabriel's music that's like, must be cheap. So
0: the song that was actually being played when they played that um, <laughs> yeah. scene is a song by Billy Idol called Got to Be a Lover. So, so when I just played Peter Gabriel, I think, Everybody who's listening to his podcast is thinking of Lloyd in front of his blue Malibu with the boom box over his head and it just fits. Can you imagine if was this Was
1: that the song, Todd? Are That's you a... sure it was Billy Idol Got to be a Lover? Oh.
0: So awful.
1: Okay, so explain to everybody what you mean, so they understand. I
0: mean that when they were literally recording this scene on the set, that the boombox was playing a song, and the song that was being played was "Got to Be a Lover" by Are you Billy.
1: sure that was the Billy Idol song? Did you write it down when Cameron Crowe said yes. that? Okay, then I, then I totally trust you. I because I know that song, and I thought I didn't know the and, song. And did. Cameron Crowe
0: even said it's just because I liked that song those few days. How interesting. And so then, did they know
1: they were going to leave it in?
0: I don't know. I have no idea. All I do know is that the song that that's the song that was being played and then he listened to the Peter Gabriel song somebody gave him a mixtape or he had a mixtape for a wedding or something and he heard Peter Gabriel in your eyes and he's like, "Okay, that's the one we're going to do."
1: Um that is so interesting. Those kind of choices that change things. Like I remember reading an article about Kristen Stewart and that in the movie Twilight, which, mm. which I know you love, you love Twilight.
0: I love Edward. He's so cold because <laughs> Jacob's so hot. Because anyway, Jacob's a wolf.
1: He is in the movie Twilight. The very last scene where they're at the prom and they're dancing. I think it's uh, there's a song called Flightless Bird, and mm. I think it's called it's by Iron and Wine mm. or something like that. But Kristen Stewart like randomly suggested that song. Just like the day they were filming or something like that. So they put that song in. And now that song, for those of you who love Twilight, is somewhat iconic. Like it's just interesting how it can just be a moment, you know, and how that can like create such a mood.
0: Just like that. Um, So I have a few other random trivia things. Okay, let's hear it. Um, I love the fact that they used the backdrop of the movie as uh, the elderly – um ageism yeah it's kind of like a morally kind of it just made us look at something you know it's a teenager's movie how many teenagers are thinking of ageism and the fact that they use it in the movie is pretty cool
1: and let me go deep for a second here and i have no reason to believe this because cameron crowe said nothing about this but i think it fits this movie perfect Mm -hmm. because you're talking about two 18 year olds who are growing up way too fast. Yeah. And I don't mean they're doing anything inappropriate. I just mean that one girl has become an adult way before she should have and her um, her dad treated her like a peer and yeah. then a kid whose parents weren't around at all. So this whole age thing kind of has a, a theme. Mm-hmm.
0: The other part about the movie is that I feel like there's a cross section of, um, I don't know how to explain this, but Diane slowly gets more independent throughout the movie and, and her, Lord, yes. well her dad slowly uh it's it's in his downfall and one kind of indicator of it is in the movie, in the beginning of the movie Diane quartzs dad is just so put together and everything and his his hair slowly becomes <laughs> gray grayer yeah and it's kind of the subtle message like there's something going on with this man and then by the end of the movie, it's kind of completely gray.
1: Well, once he's in prison, yeah. the, he can't put the color in yeah. his hair. But it so. just
0: slowly kind of gets worse. Um, Ione Skye admitted on the film's audio commentary that there were definitely off screen chemistry between her and John Cusack during filming. And had they not been involved with other people at the time, they probably would have gone home together the day they shot the scene where he was teaching her how to drive stick.
1: Yeah, she's she actually says, I was so into you that day. And he said, yeah, he goes, but your boyfriend was waiting at your trailer. And she's yeah. like, I know. So, you know, think about this. You're shooting this super romantic movie. You're kind of into each other. But she had a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And they kind of went back and forth about he was falling in love with someone. He was dating someone. Yeah. And so they couldn't. Be together. It wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be, but man, it felt like it was. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, And then lastly, Ione Skye once dated Anthony Kiedis, the lead singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers, whose song Taste the Pain opens the movie.
1: Oh, how interesting. Isn't it? And now, who do we just figure out she's with? She's married to Ben Lee. Who's Ben Lee? He is a singer-songwriter, and he used to date or be married to Claire Danes. Oh. I don't know if she was, he was married to Claire Danes, but they were together. Right. And then she was also with one of the Beastie Boys
0: oh that's right I don't uh, know which Adam one
1: Adam Horowitz, I think maybe yeah and then can you think of a movie that you and I like that Ioni Sky is in besides Say Anything
0: uh, Fever Pitch
1: yes we should do Fever Pitch oh I love that movie that movie does not get enough credit Todd and I with, laugh uh, at that movie so hard Fever
0: Pitch with Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Fallon I'm writing it, it down. Yeah,
1: it's about the Boston Red Sox and about it's hilarious their movie. relationship. But Ioni Skye is one of Drew Barrymore's best friends in that movie. And she's great in it. Yeah. But you don't see her very much anymore. No. You know, that was kind of, I remember being like, wow, she's back.
0: She's off doing her own thing. Uh-huh. So um, I wanted to play one more clip of when John Cusack's with the guys with the at the Gas and Sip.
1: <laughs> That's just a great scene.
0: Yeah. Um, but did you have any other things that you definitely wanted to talk um, about before we?
1: Before After you're done with this, I have one thing I want to close with.
0: Lloyd, what are you doing? Get out of your head! Come Chill, wicked, man. man! Come Look, on! He's wigging, wigging, man! He's wigging! Dude, I don't even feel that way about my car. He's wigging man. at home! He's wigging every day?
1: He's wiggin' every he's night?
0: Dude, the name a babe, man. all right? Any babe in, in Seattle, in Seattle I'll set you up sure with. Sure it. What to do? Diane Court! Dude, I can't do it, buddy! Sweetie Lol. That was a mistake. <laughs> I freaking love that part.
1: Lloyd, Lloyd, all O'Neill, nullen boy. boy. <laughs> Sweetie, see you around maybe. See you around maybe. That's a great scene too. See you around maybe. That's what everybody writes in um, Lloyd's yearbook. Because they're they're looking at each other's yearbooks. And what do they say in Diane's yearbook? Like, I'm so glad I got to meet you. I wish I would have known you yeah. better. And he's like, oh, people wrote things like, see, see you around, around maybe. maybe. <laughs> so the last thing I want to say um, is that whenever – so I don't love to fly, mm-hmm. okay? So – and Todd knows this. Anybody who flies with me knows this. I'm okay. Like, I've gotten better since I've had kids because I have to I be the you chill a one.
0: I at flying. C plus depends you, on the date.
1: Don't you think when we went to Vegas a few weeks ago I was totally fine even in the midst of the turbulence? Was
0: there turbulence?
1: Well, and this is the difference between you and I cuz you're asleep and I'm feeling everything. But I think I did great and I and I don't think I just pretended to be great. I think I did well. Mm-hmm. Like I our, our friend Jason who's a pilot really has helped me kind of look at turbulence in a different way. He's kind of told me some things that have have made explains, me feel more peaceful. He explains it, yeah. But prior to that experience with Jason. I um, Every time I'm on a plane, I think about this movie mm-hmm. because I think about um, the scene at the very end, which um, we're gonna play the song that ends this movie, mm-hmm. where basically Lloyd says, because first of all, uh, Diane hates to fly. I and mean, yes. there's this whole scene about why she hates to fly and everything. but So she's really nervous when they're on the plane. And he says, as soon as this light goes off and yeah, it dings,
0: seatbelt seat light. That
1: means we're okay because you know it's it's most challenging when you're going up. Most crashes happen on the ascent. Correct, and so they're sitting there waiting for that thing to ding. Mm-hmm. And so I do that. I I don't love. I actually don't mind the descent, but the ascent is really hard for me. So I wait for that sound. And sometimes I say to you, "Did that did that sound happen? Don't you think now it's not as obvious?" People I've never will start getting about that sound. People will start getting their laptops out before that sound occurs. And yeah. I'm like, wait a second, we're not there yet. But so this movie has like been this little part of my life for for many reasons, but that scene alone just mm-hmm. kind of changed me in how I view flying. There you go. So at the very end of this movie, and I know everybody thinks about In Your Eyes, but the movie ends with this song we're gonna play that happens to be by Nancy, Nancy Wilson who is, he, she and her sister, Ann Wilson, are heart. the You know, the band Heart. What about love? Yes, and uh, Nancy Wilson was married to Cameron Crowe at the time, so she did a lot of the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So she sings this song. Here we go. <laughs> So we should end and then you play it because we didn't end okay let's end so oh well I'm looking at the video they have clips of the movie yeah. from it
0: um, so everybody, um, I don't know what the next movie is going to be, but stay tuned, I guess. Yeah,
1: it will be back with another uh, one of our favorite movies. We'll talk it through. Thank you for listening to Pop Culturing. If you like Pop Culturing, don't forget to listen to Zen Parenting Radio. Subscribe to both of them. Right. In this one, we talk about pop culture and how it leads to self awareness and growth. And on Zen Parenting Radio, we talk about self awareness and growth and bring in some pop culture, the so you'll enjoy the yang, both. Sweetie. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Hello everyone Thanks for listening to Pop Culturing. If you love movies, music, and talking about pop culture like us, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode.
1: If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love Zen Parenting Radio, the podcast we've been doing for over eight years. Zen Parenting focuses on self-awareness, communication, and connection with some pop culture thrown in, and Pop Culturing focuses on pop culture with some self-awareness, communication, and connection thrown in. Listening to both will give you an ideal life balance.
0: If you want to know more about Kathy and I, head over to ZenParentingRadio.com to get more information about our podcasts events and don't forget our annual Zen parenting conference in Chicago and so much more
1: thanks for listening we'll see you at the movies
0: I like that see you at the movies